0: You're listening to Bible Prophecy Daily, a weekday podcast where Bible prophecy matters and matters greatly. This is Bible teacher Nelson Walters. And today we're going to discuss a highly debated issue. Is the Great Tribulation part of the wrath of God? And will Christians alive today face it? That's like a million dollar question, isn't it? The first thing that comes to mind is why do we want to know this? We have two very religious sounding terms in this title, tribulation and wrath, neither of which sounds like a lot of fun. Many may ask, who cares if the tribulation is God's wrath or not? They further may say, it doesn't affect my life right now, so who cares? Well, actually, it does affect your life. It matters a lot. God has promised before something known as his wrath or the eschatological wrath of God, he will rescue his true believers. In the very first chapter of Paul's first epistle, First Thessalonians, he wrote about this fundamental truth. Wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead. That is Jesus who rescues us from the wrath to come. First 1 Thessalonians 1.10. Wrath, the Greek word orge, is defined by Strong's concordance as anger, passion, punishment, vengeance. God's wrath comes from the hand of God himself, and it is punishment directed at unbelievers who, despite a lifetime of God's pleading with them to be saved, have refused to repent. An example of God's wrath is the fire that will be cast upon the earth upon Jesus' return. That clearly will be wrath. It comes from the hand of God and it punishes only unbelievers. It is not directed at believers. (laughs) This is obviously very good news. Thessalonians tells us Jesus will rescue believers from this punishment or wrath when he comes from heaven. He will resurrect everyone from all the ages who have died in faith in Christ and he will harpazo or catch up the still living believers with those he's resurrected into his presence in the clouds. This event is known as the rapture of the church. This doctrine is found later in First Thessalonians in chapters four, verses fifteen through seventeen. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. But this passage doesn't mention the timing of this rescue. Is it before the great tribulation, during it, or after it? So now we need to answer the question, is the great tribulation part of this wrath? You see, in Matthew 24, 21, Jesus stated the Great Tribulation would be the greatest or most widespread time of trouble since the world began. So the question this podcast attempts to answer is, will true believers have to face that time of trouble? Many would automatically say, no, that time of trouble sure sounds like God's wrath or punishment to me. However, ask yourself this question. If the great tribulation truly was God's wrath, wouldn't Jesus have called it the great wrath instead of the great tribulation? Why did he use this other religious term, tribulation, to describe it? Tribulation is a Greek word, phlipsis, and it, according to Strong's Concordance, means persecution affliction, distress, tribulation. Wrath means punishment, usually from God, and tribulation means persecution or distress, and usually from human beings. A frequent response again is, who cares? I routinely hear that God would never allow Christians to suffer in the manner that would be evident if they faced the tribulation period. Now, Initially, that kind of seems logical, but a brief walk through a cancer ward tells us Christians suffer all the time. God clearly doesn't protect us from all suffering. The Bible never promises that Jesus will rescue believers from tribulation. In fact, on the contrary, Jesus has actually promised us that in this world, Christians will endure tribulation in this world you will have tribulation but take heart i have overcome the world john 16:33 in fact jesus takes this even a step further he tells us we're blessed when we're persecuted and that suffering for his sake is a privilege blessed are you when others revile you and persecute you matthew 5:11 for it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. Philippians 1 2. Scripture contains dozens of other similar passages. Jesus' best friends and most loyal followers were his disciples, yet he allowed all but one of them to be killed in a martyr's death. And in the recent past, faithful believers, who refused to deny Jesus, were horribly beheaded by ISIS. God also did not rescue them from their tribulation. So it is wrong to say that God would never allow Christians to be persecuted or martyred. He has permitted it, is still permitting it, and will permit even more widespread persecution and suffering of his loyal followers. Clearly, It isn't suffering or tribulation that God has promised to keep Christians from. Okay, you might say. But it isn't just tribulation that's coming. This is great tribulation. And you're right. In Matthew 24, 21, Jesus said, For there will be great tribulation, such as not occurred since the beginning of the world until now, nor ever will. Jesus did use the word great, and in the Greek, this word is megas. Strong's Concordance defines this word as meaning large, great, or in the widest sense. So Jesus wasn't necessarily saying the Great Tribulation will be more fierce than other times, although it could be. He was saying it will be larger, more widespread, involving more of the earth. Those young men beheaded on the beach in Africa experienced tribulation. The great tribulation won't necessarily be worse than the things they experienced. After all, these young men were beheaded. But things like that will be more widespread. During the great tribulation, it will affect more people. Let's continue to examine this. Does Jesus say there will be a rescue of God's people prior to the great tribulation? that of course what might imply it's god's wrath no there is no mention of a rescue prior to the tribulation jesus does mention a rescue however but it comes after the great tribulation look what matthew 24:29 through 31 has to say but immediately after he will send forth his angels with a great trumpet and they will gather together his elect from the four winds and from one end of the sky to the other. Jesus said this particular rescue will happen after the tribulation of those days, the days of the great tribulation that he had just spoken of. Also notice that after these days, the sun and the moon and the stars will be darkened. Let's keep that in mind because the Bible speaks of this sign multiple times in Scripture. The most prominent is Revelation 6, 12-13. When he opened the sixth seal, I looked, and behold, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth. The full moon became like blood, and the stars of the sky fell to the earth. This same sign, Is recorded in numerous other books of the Bible. We just read one in Matthew. Others include Isaiah, Joel, Mark, Luke, Acts. And it's clear that this sign takes place after the Great Tribulation. So a great rescue is going to happen after the days of the Great Tribulation, and it is a rescue when Jesus returns from heaven. It seems to match most of the necessary ingredients of the rescue we described as the rapture back in First 1 Thessalonians 1.10. But is it related to the wrath of God beginning? That would seal the deal, wouldn't it? Well, just a few verses after this sign in the sun, moon, and stars, the sixth seal, we read this in Revelation. It's a time marker verse for when the wrath of God begins, a clear and definitive statement of the exact day on which God's wrath begins. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who is able to stand? Revelation six seventeen. This verse says that on that day, the great day, the great and awesome day of the Lord, the wrath of God has come, or has begun. There are those who want to say that this verb, has come, should be translated had come, as if it was in the past. But if you read this in context, that is absolute nonsense. On this day, Revelation describes the great and the mighty, and the weak and the small, all hiding from the face of Jesus and his coming wrath. That is a present tense reality to them. And at that moment, they say that the wrath has come. As we said, this is present tense reality. It is not in the past, it's something that's happening right then. So, combining what we learned in the book of Matthew and in the book of Revelation, let's build a timeline. And from that, we're going to answer our question: Is the great tribulation part of the wrath of God? You'll see, we'll be able to answer it from this timeline. In Matthew 24, 21, Jesus said the Great Tribulation begins. Then in Matthew 24, 29, Jesus said, Immediately after the Great Tribulation, the sign of the sun, moon, and stars happens. This is the sixth seal. Matthew 24:30 then describes Jesus appearing in the sky in great glory and every eye seeing him. In Revelation 16, 15-16, we get a little more detail. It describes all unbelievers hiding in caves and rocks to avoid seeing the face of Jesus in the sky and trying to avoid his wrath. It is at this exact moment, Revelation 6, 17 that we are told the time marker verse, the great day of their wrath has come and who can stand? The unrepentant know it is the day of wrath that is about to begin. But before it begins, earlier on that same day, Jesus sends his angels in Matthew 24, 31 and gathers the elect from the earth prior to the beginning of the wrath. Just like a SWAT team, Jesus will send his angels to rescue the saints immediately before he pours out his wrath and fulfills 1 Thessalonians 1.10. So the timeline of events is great tribulation, then sixth seal, which is the sign of the sun, moon, and stars, then the rescue of the elect, which is the rapture, and then finally the eschatological wrath of God. This timeline proves that the great tribulation ends prior to the wrath beginning. They are two distinct events. One ends before the other begins. Let me say that one more time, because it answers the question in this podcast, is the great tribulation part of the wrath of God? And the answer is no, because the great tribulation ends before the wrath of God begins. They're two distinct events. Now, this podcast was based on chapter three of the book, Dawn of a New Day. I'm Nelson Walters, and I'm author of 10 books, including How to Prepare for the Last Days, all available on Amazon. I'm the founder of Last Days Overcomers, a ministry devoted to preparing believers for the days prior to the rescue we spoke of today. We provide resources and conferences throughout the Western Hemisphere doing just that. You can visit our website at LastDaysOvercomer.org. That's Overcomer, no S. And join us in that tremendous effort if you're so moved by the voice of the Spirit. The majority of my teaching is found on the Nelson Walters YouTube channel, where we have more than 500 videos which are viewed by millions each year. Till next time, blessings. Thanks for listening to Bible Prophecy Daily. We hope you learned something valuable today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss an episode.